But Mike attended a Glory event. Yeah, that's why I like Glory. But like, Tell us about it, bro. This one guy, he just looked like fucking Bruce Lee. He was doing a fucking karate stuff. The back kick, he dropped the guy, kicked him, dropped the guy. Then he went over to me and said, champ, champ. I said, turn around, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fight guy, was still yeah, going? Yeah, the guy fucking kicked him in the head and knocked him out cold. <laughs> This episode of Podboxing is brought to you by ShipStation. Get your 60-day free trial at ShipStation.com right now with promo code HOTBOXING. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. Long time no see, buddy. I'm Evan Brin. We're back in the saddle, brother. All day. I'm back in the saddle. You had a little vacation? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. That's awesome, man. Went to Europe? Man, yeah. All my, over? My daughter, she was practicing. Then I went to Poland. Then I went to Ukraine. Then we came back. Beautiful, man. Well, we got a great guest to kick it off. Yes, sir. We got the number one heavyweight kickboxer in the world here, no dude. No champion, dude. Rico Verhoeven. What's yeah. up, my brother? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks You're for having awesome, me. Rico. We're great, man. Yeah, it's great to have you in here. Look at this belt. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's nice. You look good. You slimmed down since last time I saw you, man. You yeah, quiet. you think so? Yeah, you look good. Thank you, You sir. look good, Thank brother. You. You're 6'6"? 6'5". 6'5", yeah. How much do you weigh? 260? No, I'm a, I'm a little bit heavier now. Yeah. Are you really? Get yeah. the fuck out yeah. of here. Yeah. Really Looking good, dude. I'm like, I think I'm about 120 kilos. So how much is that? Around? Uh, it's 2.2 kilos per pound, right? So I think it's about two 270. Wow, you're a monster, man. You're a fucking monster, bro. Yeah. So uh, Let me see exactly. 120. 120 kilos. 264. 264, yeah. Solid. Yeah. Solid, brother. That's good shit, though, man. Hell yeah, dude. What's happening out of the fucking food? (laughs) They're going to get the food. We got food I'm talking about what they're eating, man. Oh, Rico? Yeah. (laughs) Rico, what do you eat? He's only 30. Wait, so you're from, let's start, let's bring it back. Yeah. So you're from the Netherlands. Yes, sir. Where at? Um, Tell us about where you come from. So I come from a from a small town. Uh, it's called Halstede, and it's about thirty minutes from Rotterdam. That probably everybody knows. And I think an hour twenty uh, hour and twenty minutes from Amsterdam. Okay. So it's a little bit on the in the south. It's quiet, and I, I grew up there, so everybody knows me, and that's what yeah, that's what I like because in Holland it's like crazy now from the the popularity of kickboxing so everywhere mm. i go big cities people want pictures and it's yeah it's a it's sometimes it's hard especially when you're with the family of course yeah but uh yeah we work with it but over there where i where i live everybody knows me and they just let me be that's great yeah that's great you know boss rootin yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a legend. There. That's yeah. your. I'm sure you grew up like watching him. Yeah, for sure. For he's sure. a hometown hero. Yeah, he is home country hero. Yeah, is he and, cl- from and, close? Oh, yeah, he's from out there, isn't he? Where's he yeah, from? from yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a summer from uh, from yeah, uh, yeah, the Dutch area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Boss. Yeah, great yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. So much energy. Overeen too, right? Yeah, so he, he, yeah, he came from uh, in the, close to a, Amsterdam. In, yeah, okay, Amsterdam. So, uh, so that's a uh, yeah. We trained once, or twice. Were you always a big kid? Yep, 
Yeah, always yeah. the biggest guy. Yeah, always the biggest guy in the classroom. Me man. too, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always the biggest kid. I remember in my class doing my first demonstration kickboxing fight. I was uh, seven. I started when I was six. Wow! But my dad was teaching, so he said, "I want to give some." More, uh, I want to get some more people to the gym. So let's do, uh, let's do a demonstration day. So everybody does something. Say, okay, cool. You're gonna do a demonstration fight. I say, cool. Um, and you're seven? So I was seven, and I was fighting a guy who was ten. Uh-huh. It was just to match the uh, the weight yeah. and the and the height. It was yeah, it was crazy. How, how'd you do in that one? It was fun. It was fun. Uh, it's actually on YouTube. It's yeah, it's crazy. Funny. Really? Yeah. And when I when I watch it now, I was like, Dad. What were you thinking? He just had us put on gloves, but we were kickboxers. We were also kicking. We had no shin guards, nothing. Oh my god! So but it was like back in the, the day. Demonstration. So. Day. It's just a demonstration. But Fuck. I remember after that fight, uh, jumping on my mother's lap, crying. So I'm not doing that anymore, by the way. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's uh, that's how it all started. Wow, dude! Long so your dad ago. was a he was uh, kickboxing. Trainer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he started from uh, Kyokushin Karate. Okay. So um, so yeah, and he got injured during a fight uh, with, uh, with his leg, and then yeah, he he needed to recover. So doing some fitness, doing some boxing, then started kickboxing. Then people started asking him, "Hey, why don't you teach?" And he was like, "Yeah, let's go." So from that moment on, he pulled me to the gym, and that's how it started. Wow, Never stopped. Dude. So you've been training since you were six. Yes, sir. And you're 29? No, 30. You're 30. Yeah. We're the same age. Yeah. I'm 31. Through that time, like, what does your training regimen look like? Outside of kickboxing, outside of your martial arts training, are you doing weights? Are you doing a lot of cardio? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah. So um, I think I, uh, I, I just started with kickboxing, uh, kickboxing and weight training. And then... I just look around at the competition. Everybody was doing the same. But I think I was thinking like, hey, I'm, I'm big and I'm heavy. So naturally, I'm slow. Mm. But I was always training with like middleweight guys. Mm. So I thought I, I need to get faster. I need to have more energy to keep up with those guys. So uh, I started trying and implementing different trainings from different sports into kickboxing, like I was like, hey, let's try this and do some more explosive training. So uh, um, some more agility, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the speed ladder, stuff like that, running up the stairs. And, and that was working. And that now, I think, gives me uh, a big advantage on all the, the rest of the guys. Hey, great. Yeah, that makes a lot of You've sense. You've been doing it for a long time, huh? Yeah, and of course that. And just every time, I'm, I'm never comfortable with where I am. So even now, I'm still looking at what can I do different or what can I, what can I do better? Who would you like to fight? I'm, not talk, I'm talking about any organization. Which champion mm. would you want to fight? Um, whatever, whatever would work, you know? Um, I think what I, if I was, if now we're talking like a, a dream scenario, yeah. like how cool would it be? But you should have another guy that would like that too. To have a mixed fight, so mm. we had like uh, Connor go to boxing. Yeah, but how crazy would it be? For example, uh, an heavyweight UFC UFC champion. Let's do an MMA fight and let's do a kickboxing fight. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude! Or let's do a boxing fight 
and let's do a kickboxing fight for a boxing gym. I think that would be insane. I think that's the fucking future, dude. I hope so. Have you heard of the PFL? Yeah, of course. That's dope. Yeah, it's really dope. We had dope. Don Davis and his and his buddy in here the other day. And, and he'll challenge anybody a million dollars, any champion against his champion, a million dollars of his champion, a winner takes all. Yeah. Shouldn't they do uh, – I, th- I think they should put up a little bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can probably do it. You know what we're it. talking about, Chad. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, let's get – Michael pump it up. Michael yeah. be the promoter. We'll put more money up. Shit. Yeah, we'll yeah. get fucking Coca-Cola to throw money down with Alki David. Alki will throw down $15 million. I already oh, yeah. talked to him about it. Oh, I'm just beautiful. kidding. I'm down. <laughs> but yeah, fuck yeah, dude. But don't you think – I think that would be a great idea. You have all the best from each league fight each other. Yeah. and But also then cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cross over. Absolutely. Tell us about the Glory Glory League. Yeah. They have the best – they are the best stand-up uh, combat nice. organization there is. You should check them out. So they have all the best kickboxers. Yeah. So um, – Yeah, so tell yeah, us about it. Yeah, and they're, they're making the, the biggest fight, the, the biggest fights. And of course, you have a lot of different organizations as well now at the moment, but still, they're not they're not on that level. Like everybody wants to be here because they want to compete with the very best. Glory's the top. Yeah, glory's the top. So now, actually, to to give you guys a, a very, very, very exclusive thing, we're making uh, the biggest fight, the biggest kickboxing fight there is, is Rico versus Barahari. Oh, I love oh. that. We got another champion coming in. Hey, brother. What's up, champ? Good to meet you, brother. Have a seat. What's up, bro? You in the building? Look at all the belts. It's a lot of gold in this. Yeah, for real. A lot of gold belts, dude. Look at it. I'm supposed to be doing this ad read right now, but I'm a little busy. Mike asked me to ship all the orders we're getting on the hotboxing shop. But we've been getting so many orders, there's no way I'm going to get them out on time. I'm way too confused and way too high. I've got to call Mike and just let him know I'm not going to finish this. And then I'll do the ad read. Hey, Evan. What's up? Mike, I can't do it, man. I can't get all these orders out on time. Evan, I'm busy, okay? I'm at a photo shoot, all right? Try ShipStation.com. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple tool that works on any device. Hotbox and listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code HOTBOXING. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Use code HOTBOXING and get your ship together at ShipStation.com. So we were just talking about doing a cross-league, cross-discipline tournament to see who the best fighters in the world are. Cross, league, cross. So, like, the best fighters from the UFC fight the best fighters from the PFL, fight the best fighters from Glory. 
Uh, see, <laughs> now the thing is, what would be the rules? Exactly. That would be, there you go. Uh, what that, we were talking about. Like, well, these are, the, these are the we logistics should, we, we got to figure do, out. We should do a, a mixed fight. So uh, you fight a glory champion in your division in kickboxing, but also in MMA. Okay, that's, well, that's I mean, the way you should cross. Yeah, it. but then you'll get a you'll get a bunch of one and one. You'll get a bunch of me go over there potentially get beat up in a kickboxing fight, and he come over here and get smashed in an MMA fight or submitted. Yeah, you'll get a bunch of those. I think I, I do actually think one FC is doing something like that to where they're mixing it to where it's like kickboxing with MMA gloves, okay, yeah, mm. or Muay Thai, something like that. They're getting the closest to it, but. I mean, MMA is self-explanatory. Yeah, you know, yeah. that is everything. Yeah, that's every mix. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about Rico going in there and working on your ground game? I did it. You did. You've done that. Yeah, I've done it. I did one MMA fight. Oh, really? Yeah. How'd it go? How'd you feel? Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. But uh, it, it, for damn sure, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, it's just. Yeah, something you have to get used to. It's like uh, the first time you get into an octagon is like totally different than getting you into f- a ring. You feel naked. Yeah, like I I, re- I remember the feeling. It was uh, you train the whole time, and when you're training, people don't pay, pay attention. You're training in training. You got shirt on. You got you know shorts or, or whatever pants, or whatever you have on. Maybe shoes, big boxing gloves. And you train and you're doing all that. But then I remember that moment I was walking into the cage for the first time in my professional fight. Yeah. And I didn't have any amateur fights. I went straight pro. And so I was climbing up. I'm like, oh, shit. I am, I'm, I'm naked. All I have is these little tights on and these little four-ounce gloves with wraps on. I'm, I'm naked in here. And it wasn't until I, I – even when I hit him for the first time, that was the first time I actually, like, really hit somebody – with malicious intent, like actually trying to hurt them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is different. It's a different feeling. And then once I got hit, it was a fight. Nah, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, it is a trip, I bet. Yeah, what I remember is like in the ring, I, in the end it's the same. But in the ring, when I step into the ring, I mean, of course I'm used to it, but you got like a feeling you can still get out. You can get through, through the ropes. Oh, and yeah. when, you get, when I got into the octagon, and I was in there. My opponent was in there. And the door closes. I'm like, hey. You're in a cage. I can't get out anymore. <laughs> this, is a, this is a total different game right here. It is. It's a different, it's a different mind-blowing experience. It's a trip, right? <laughs> uh, and, uh, it's a trip. From, first of all, it's a trip for me even being here. Mike, you don't understand how many almost fights you caused in my house growing up <laughs> as a young man. I remember it was one fight. It was a one fight that we bought. And my dad used to have these fight parties. And so, and I'm, and I'm Nigerian. And so we, we all the, you know, the Nigerian, the friends, we call them Afemi, like my dad's friends, they would all come over to watch the fights and my dad ordered the fights. So it's a big night. We got the beers, got the coolers, got the drinks over there. We had food for everybody. You know, the men are huddled up, going to watch this. The women are on the side talking and doing what they do. And the kids were kind of playing, but I always watched my dad. I always kind of was always focused on what he was doing. And, and my dad wanted to uh, run outside really quick for something. And the fight was starting. They, they started walking. 
and you were walking. I think one time you you were walking in. Uh, if I could remember, you didn't even have a shirt on. You were walking in. Boom! You came in, and I was I was watching from a distance. And my dad ran. He's like, oh, "I'm gonna run out real quick. Come right back in." He comes back in. Fights over. Oh my like, god! I think you. I think it maybe thirty twenty something seconds. He took you. Boom! Boom! Guys out. My dad comes in. Fights over. And I don't remember exactly, uh. but. It was somebody's gonna fight in this house today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the fight's over. Somebody gonna fight. In this house. My dad was so mad wow. that so he got to watch just the replays you just of it. Got the highlight, and yeah, and that that was my childhood growing up and, and and watching Mike. And one thing that I also remember that I said I would do is I don't know if it was an interview of yours or you said that the first belt you got was it, was it WBC? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and you said that you like almost wore you wore it for almost like a week. Yeah, wore it everywhere, and um, and I was like, man, if I ever win the belt, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, I'm gonna wear it in the shower. I'm gonna wear it everywhere. <laughs> you gotta love it. Man. Yeah, absolutely. That's a dream. That's a dream. That's, you gotta love it. Absolutely, it dude. is. But I, uh, I got the belt. I was like, ah, should I wear it everywhere? Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my belt. yeah exactly. It's like, what should I do? Should I put it next to me while I sleep? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a friend here that actually. Best in the world. Wears it. Would wear it everywhere. He carries all his belts everywhere. And I don't know. Did you guys know he had a gold medal too? Henry? <laughs> I had no idea. That's beautiful, huh? Uh, he will tell you guys. He yeah. has a gold medal as well. Uh, okay. Let's go. Yeah. Henry, where is he at? Henry, uh, we, I was just with him. In, uh, He's been in here, man. The that's man. That's my guy. Henry's the man. Man. There's a lot of champs on this pod, man. It's a lot of gold in this. I walk, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of gold in this building. Right yeah, now. no doubt, dude. <laughs> a ton no of doubt. gold. There's, there's a ton of gold and a ton of weed. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm really blasted over here. My food, the food didn't get here yet. Your food? Yeah, what's the... Um, uh, it's probably Mike's, here almost. Mike is hungry. So <laughs> Mike, the, Mike needs to eat. Yeah. yeah, he does. If I need to run and go get food myself, I'm going to get food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Mike attended a glory event. Yeah, that's why I like glory. But Tell like, us about it, bro. Listen, man. Um, it was exciting. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think I thought it was going to be like UFC, but, you know, these guys were getting knocked out cold. <sighs> they were getting knocked out cold. I thought it was pretty cool. And there was this one guy that was kicking ass. It was a black guy. He, was just, he just looked like fucking Bruce Lee. He was doing a fucking karate stuff. The back kick, he dropped the guy, kicked him, dropped the guy. Then he went over to me and said, champ, champ. I said, turn around, motherfucker. <laughs> the the guy, fight was still yeah, going? Yeah, the guy fucking kicked him in the head and knocked him out cold. <laughs> oh, my God. But he was looking so good, like Bruce Lee doing Bruce Lee shit, kicking him, knocked the guy down. I said, oh, anything like this. Hey, champ, this is for you. You have to turn around, motherfucker. Yeah. Watch the fight. Him. Guy kicked him in the head, knocked him out. He knocked the guy out that said, "What's up to you?" <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. So, so you just like turn your face, like, oh fuck, know, sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my, my. I don't know if you. I don't know if people yeah, hey, realize dude, you this. Yeah, protect yourself at all times, dude. That's that. That's, what is that, dude? What is that? We got some. Uh, some beans, some corn. Some no, that's chips. not my shit. Would you like? <laughs> 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 nah. Nah. Nick got the yeah, Nick, Nick back yet? Talk to Nick. All right. And Henry, bring your little ass over here. Hey, Henry. 
Henry! Come here with us. Yo. Yes. How are you, man? We need another chair. We need a chair here yeah. for, right here. for right Triple here. C. Right here. Behind him. They go to chair. Oh, look at this. Oh, oh man. That's a lot of gold. This shit's heavy, bro. You're double champion, huh? This shit is Triple heavy. champion. Henry, say, tell everybody what's up, brother. It's great to see you again. No, it's great to it's great to oh, be with it's great to be with the uh, look at that. <laughs> it was it was a gift, you know. The first time I smoked with Uncle Mike. Thank you, brother. I uh, you know it, it's hard. It, it was hard for me to to do that. You know the reason why Mike I say that is because a lot of people still have a bad stigma because of this. You know why yeah. is that? What's your food, brother? What's in there? Why you think that is, Henry? What's the back? I mean, I think people people are still caught up in 1952, 1936, 1936. How people see you, how you're perceived, and well, Mike. I know my wife perceives my back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Mike. I don't know if you know this, but it doesn't matter if it's it's Super Bowl champions in the room. It doesn't matter if it's NBA champions, if it's NASCAR champions, if Tiger Woods is in the room. It doesn't matter at what time they're whatever they're doing. If Mike Tyson walks in the room, everybody knows Mike Tyson's in the room. And that, that I think that's a level of star power that, as athletes, we only dream of. And I think that was the same thing with Muhammad Ali as well. That's something that people only no, dream hold on, of. But could I stop you there for a minute? But I'm going to tell you this, too. Everything that you're saying, uh, Usman, fuck, for sure, dude. But what he has to deal with, too, man, my God bless you. Anyways, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story because I kind of kind of want to fall into this real quick. I was uh, I threw out the first pitch for the Florida Marlins. And... Uh, and the Derek Jeter, I guess he's an MMA fan. You know, this is Derek. This is Derek Jeter. This is this yeah. is this is the man. Absolutely. And uh, you know, he wanted to meet me, so I threw out the first pitch for, for the Florida Marlins, and they told me they said. Uh, and around this time, I had just beat Demetrius Johnson, so I had just beat Demetrius Johnson. I was on a whirlwind. I had yeah. a lot of people. You know, a lot of a lot of people knew who I you know who I was. Like I, I was big, and I I just didn't know how to handle it, man. Because there's a lot of people, man. A lot of like my energy was being sucked, mm. like literally. Like, I was just sick of it. And then, you know, so I go up and I, I uh, so the told me, like, hey, Derek Jeter wants to meet you. And he's in a suite. And, like, uh, uh, one of the most prestigious persons, like, in sports is up there. And, uh, you know, we want to surprise you when, you when you go up to the suite. I'm just like, man, I was like, you know, I wonder who, I wonder who could it be? You know what I mean? So one of the best, one of the greatest sports figures of all time in the world, period. So then I'm just thinking, okay. Uh, whatever. I don't know, man. I, 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 yeah, I met I met Mike Tyson. I met I met I met. I've done that. Anyways, I go up there. I I see Derek Jeter, and to my right, I Michael Jordan was like right there, like wow. sitting, and uh, peacefully watching the game. And I I sit there. I was talking to probably Derek Jeter for like twenty minutes. I'm more, more than kind of staring at, at Michael Jordan because you know it's Michael <laughs> Jordan. 
So I'm over there staring and I keep looking back. It's like, oh, that's that's a mic. And then Derek, Derek, finally, I, after 20 minutes, Derek Jeter was like, that's, you know, like kind of, I was going to go back down and watch the game. Like, let him have his, his time with his family, with this kid. And he's like, Henry, he's like, do you want to, you want a picture with Mike? With Jordan? And I'm like, I'm like, I do, Derek, but I know what this man goes through. And I just, I just can't do that to him. He's watching the game. He's like, he's in this position right here. And then the cool thing about it is Derek Jeter looks at me, which fucking made it. He's like, Henry, he says, I like you, man. You're a fucking stud. I like you. We just shook hands and I left. You know what I mean? So yeah. the moral of the story is, is man, the man needs his peace. Absolutely. The man needs his peace as, 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 as legendary as he is. And I don't think people sometimes respect that pe- enough. Human be- people don't care. People don't care. But I anymore. think the, it, it's the, the enthusi- enthusiasm they have yes. just overwhelms them. Overwhelms yes. them. And they just yes. think like, I want a picture. I want to touch him. I want to do something to get close to this person because they get so excited. Yeah, I mean, of course, we know it for What do they think time. our purpose is, or people of that staff, what do you think their purpose was? When Jesus was around, he was like a rock star, and his purpose was to let the people feel him and touch him, let them know, listen, you can be whatever you want to be, too, or whatever the message is, what they gave back in those days, the gladiators, everybody gave their message, you know? I think that set the tone. Yeah. That set the tone. If If, if someone of that figure... Wants people to touch him, people to be around, people to, you know, to embrace him. And then now that trickles down for years and centuries and, and decades. Like, now people feel that same way about greatness. Everybody's attracted to greatness. People want to be around someone who's great, that's doing something. In my life, I met a lot of great people. All the great, most of the great people I met, they weren't good people. And ever since then... I decided I wanted to be more acquainted with good people, you know, because as the way the person lives his life, that's how he should be judged, mostly than how he participated in a sport or a politician or race or campaign or whatever, because that's all we have to give each other, you know what I mean, who we are as people. We can't, everybody can't be the champion, but they can take that same that will of being a champion, be a champion in another field. It could be, you know, it could be a literature field. It could be any other field. It's all about the will of the people. That's all. That's what we are. We are spirits. That's all we are. We're fighting spirits. Hmm. And somebody could take that same spirit and be in another field and be successful. Yeah, but I think that's what we what we are feeling now. Is like we're champions. We're on a level, and we just that's how. It, if I can speak for for myself, I just love to inspire people. It's incredible. In, in, wa- in whatever way possible, just to give them, because we all had it. We all had it before we were champions. We, were, we had a dream of becoming champion, but everybody can have a dream in whatever, in doing whatever, and just follow your dream, and you'll get there. I agree. Yeah. You guys are all embodiments of greatness and human potential. You know, and at the same time, you're human beings. You know, you're guys who have a mother and father who were children at one point, who had dreams of your own, who looked up to people as well. But you have taken your God given abilities, whatever that is, just as a human being that we all have. You know, we all have the potential to exert as much energy as we want and put out as much energy as we want. 
And, you know, to me, that's what struck me when I first met Mike. You know, because you come in thinking you're going to meet a demigod. You've come in thinking you're going to meet Hercules. And you meet a man who's humble. And you see all of the humanity and you realize, wow, we can all do this. If we have enough focus and discipline and work ethic and we put the right intention to our attention to our intention, we can all achieve whatever our dreams, whatever our heart desires, you know, and you guys are the full fucking manifestations of that in your own lives. And you get to project that to everyone. I agree. I, I, um, I, there's a saying that I, 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 I really, I firmly believe in is and i i've heard it before but one t- once it really the one when it, one time it really stuck out was watching spider-man you know that great quote from spider-man it was with great power comes great responsibility and i am an absolute firm believer in that because now in the position that i'm in i don't know about all of you guys but i i would i didn't grow up to where i asked to where you know what Give me the power one day to be this figure to where I get to motivate and, and, and everyone's watching what I do. I never necessarily asked for that. You I was just, just put in that position. I got put yeah. in that position to where to I had to I had to own it. I had to realize, oh, you know what? I'm the first African UFC champion ever. Yeah, that's amazing. I, and and we don't I don't I never grew up thinking, oh yeah, that I'm gonna be the UFC champion. I, I never grew up thinking that. I just I got put in this position to where now the continent of Africa get to look at me and say, "Oh crap, there's another guy that went through what I went through, having to walk a mile or miles to get water, bring it back so we can boil the water to have water to eat, or to cook, to clean, to live on for the day." The guy that has to wash their clothes and dry them outside, wash their hand wash clothes and dry them outside. If we wanted food, you had to plant it, have it grow and harvest it to eat. So when we had food for the season, stuff to sell, like kids that are in that situation right now that wake up, not even, it, they can't fathom the thought of knowing that, hey, you know what, I'm going to be on TV one day. I'm going to be able to be doing something great as in being a world champion to where I can touch and motivate people, motivate kids. But now I'm in that position, so it's it's a surreal experience to be able to be in. Luz, can I bring you back to what you were saying? I never dreamed of being the first African UFC champion. You never dreamed of that? No. What did you dream of? What was in your mind's eye of your visualization of your future when you were beginning on this path as a fighter? Or maybe it was before that. I know. Um, Honestly, I've, I've actually, that's an amazing question. I've actually thought about that a lot. And from day to day, what I can recall was I just, I wanted to be better than the day before. And so when I, when I got into wrestling, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like the first two weeks, this girl beat the shit out of me through the practice. And I, I kid you not, this girl terrorized me. I still know her name, too. In high school, freshman year, Angela Martinez, you know who you are. Yeah. She, <laughs> you know who you are. She was a three-time state champion. She terrorized me, like kept taking me down, just beating on me. And, um, and what I can recall was I used to walk home after school. And I would walk home and I'd be thinking, 
I'm gonna fuck that girl up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna tomorrow. I'm gonna get yeah. her. And I would come back, and she'd still kick the crap out of me. And then I would walk home. I'm okay. I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna get her. And she'd still kick the crap out of me. And after a while, after a while, we were gone. And I don't know how long it was. Maybe a month. Maybe two months. I hit a move on her, and it worked. And I just remember. That was progress in my mind. Mm. I kept coming. I kept learning. And I got better. And that was just the story of everything. It was just be better than, than yesterday. Let's get better tomorrow. Let's get better tomorrow. Let's learn something new. To where it just progressed. To where That's it's, what we used to say yeah. day by day in every way. I'm getting better, better, and better. It's yeah. not cold around the house. Yeah. You know what? what Are I you like? high, Uncle Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Are you, Henry? I'm really high. I'm know. high. I'm high watching him eat, dude. I feel like I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm eating with you. Are you are You're you just big, in you, it. Are you big on Mexican food, Mike? Oh, yes, the beans, the refried beans, rice and beans. Okay, okay. Mike's super clean these days, bro. And, 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 and the other stuff they got, the real food they got, that's the biggest shit in the world. And the guacamole, what is it? Guacamole. Yeah, that's Love the it. shit in the world now. Guacamole? If you put guacamole, guacamole. in the shit, the shit be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how good it is. But do you guys also have that in uh, during training? I was wondering because for me, it's the Mike Tyson move. The right body punch and the right uppercut. And I got to laugh so many times when I'm sparring, but I'm not laughing out loud, but just in my head when they just they just throw it. They just throw the right body punch. And you know the Mike Tyson move comes because they're going to throw the right uppercut. It's like, oh, man, I knew, I knew that was coming. That's the Mike Tyson move. Yeah. I've seen that a million times. The move, God. The move. I learned it from my trainer. So what's going on with the toad, Mike? The toad is beautiful, man. I'm going to do it again sometime this month. But the toad is like nothing else, man. You know, yes. And you never know. I did it around five times. You never know what you're going to get. I'm saying now I'm in better shape and better condition now. Because the last time I did the toad, the toad, I must have been overweight. Because I was, the toad told me to get in shape, get in better condition. And so I got in better condition. So I want to see what's going to happen now when I take it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, the first time I was on your show, the first time I came on your show, I remember we talked about it. You, you told me about the toad. Yeah. And uh, I was, uh, at first it kind of, it tripped me out a little bit. But then I started hearing like more and more about it. And uh, I'm curious to, to try it someday. Man, it's just like, it's like you die and meet God. It's really bizarre. How does it know to attack that part of your brain where you, um, I don't know. For someone of your experience that you've done it, you th you think this is the right age to do the toad, or do you think a, a 32 year old could do it like myself? Absolutely. Any age? Any age, yeah. Whenever you're ready. Okay, but you think uh, in our position right now, Excuse it's me? the right, being in our position is the right time to do it. Only you can decide when yeah, it's the right the time for right you, man. It's going to tell you everything Nobody you want to know. Nobody can tell you. Now you're going to do the toad. The toad's going to tell you everything you want to go blow your fucking mind. You think you've seen it all? You think you that, listen? That scares me. Oh my God. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not frightened of a lot of things, but but the fear. I think the fear of the unknown, of what's in, in, inside my mind, is that's probably one of my biggest fears, because I'm a. I internalize a lot of things. 
This is right. If you ever in your life, you know, I know we all have egos, we're all champions and stuff, but if you ever in your life think that you're something special and you're big and you're like in a godly figure, you take the toad and it's going to let you know that, whoa, you're nothing. You're nothing, yeah. Whoa, yeah. you're going to say, hold on, you start praying. You, you realize your only purpose here is to, to worship something. You're not going to know what it is, but it's like a god figure to us. Like it's, that's our only purpose. Wow. To be humbled. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, but I also think that's also what makes you a champion, too, is the fact that you hold things internally. So that's that's not necessarily a, that's not necessarily a bad thing, man. This is why, you, and, and you probably do, too, you probably take things to heart and when you we compete. When you take the toe, right, everything you think you know, everything you think you know and you held as a secret, boom, everyone knows. Now everyone knows. <laughs> Like you think everybody knows or everybody, <laughs> <laughs> like everybody knows. Yeah, in your mind, everybody knows all your secrets, everything you think you've been holding. If he knew that about me, if they knew this about me, yeah. oh no. Now you got the feeling that everybody knows that now. Holy shit, what's going to happen now? Yeah. You can't kill yourself. You're dead already. Wow. That's epic, man. That's <laughs> that look, look at that. Gotta, Mike, Mike, I don't know about you, but I think we need to start the the toad retreat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, my That's what I wanted. That's my main goal. Dude, what's wow. up? What's up? The toad. That's my main goal. The toad retreat. I want to do it on Indian reservation. Do, do you think we'll? we'll I, I mean. Mike, looking where you're at now, do you think something like that could drastically change to where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to fight anymore. Maybe. No, no, listen, Captain, know what it might tell you? Man, it might tell you so many things. It might, it might give you a purpose to fight that yeah. you never knew you had. Yeah. It might, it might further. You might, you might be fighting the, you know, the, to build river dams in Africa or somewhere, or Haiti, you yeah. never know. This shit is really heavy. Listen, you think you know something, then you take the toe. You don't know shit. I've been all over the world, been all kind of women, did all kind of drugs, been with all kind of liquor, been with all kind of people, fancy, rich, every position, royalty. Uh, you take the toe. Whoa, I don't know shit. I'm a dumb motherfucker. I don't know shit. My whole life was a waste. Wow, that's and um, I, you've 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 met Rashad Evans. Sugar yeah, Rashad. yeah, we have Rashad. He's, He's the, the man. man. Rashad is uh, Rashad is my big brother, and, and I man. say that because, uh, and like uh, this is what going back to what we were talking about with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, I think he said that when he was on here. Yeah, it, it's he uh, said the same thing. Rashad was one of those guys who he was in a position to where he had the power. Mm. He was a superstar. He was at the top of the sports, yeah. and he was the, the first time ever and and that I've ever been starstruck was with Rashad, and. I met him in, in Denver. He walked into the gym when I came in the train, and uh, and I turned around, and I saw him. Oh, shit, that's Rashad Evans. Don't say nothing. Don't act cool, act cool, be cool, be cool. Don't say nothing. And, uh, and we worked out that session together. And after we worked out, and here I am. I'm just a, a guy, a wrestler, training for the Olympics. And this is a superstar known worldwide. And we sat down and we just talked. And he was like, big brother. We just, we just talked. I didn't have those, those restrictions, those fear of, of, oh, know what to say, what not to say. And he didn't as well. And I just couldn't believe of a guy of his stature, that superstar, 
was able to do that and just be so bare and so raw with me. You know, so he doesn't told as well, right? Yes, he's he's tried it. And he realized oh, how all purpose after doing it told you realize oh, but we're here for a reason. We think we don't know why we're here. You just ask yourself, what's your purpose? You don't even fucking know. So we're here for a reason. We're all, we're all fucking here. This is our purpose to be here. Some purpose to educate one enough to teach us this, to teach us that. And we're just here. We think we're fucking um, pretty much steering our own life and putting ourselves in that position, but we're not. Yeah. We, we just, you know, there's no nothing coincidental. We just can't des- describe it. You know, sometimes you think about something you haven't seen in months. Next thing you know, they call you, and you can't explain that. Yeah, nobody knows that. That's yeah. Imagine if you could have that happen every time you want to talk to somebody. Think about them, and they call you. We probably did that one time. We just don't know how to make it work. But yeah. we're not. But we just. You just trust me, it's a greater force. It's not us. Well, on that, Mike, and tying that back oh, to your bad. thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, exactly what you're saying of you're thinking about somebody and then they call you. Or many of these instances happen throughout our lives that if we're in tune enough, we can pick them up and recognize them. But like that experience of the toad and all your secrets are out there for the world to see and feel. You know, at the end of the – when they – Look under a microscope at everything. It's all just energy and vibration. We're all just matter. You know, we're all, we're not even matter. We're energy waves. We're particles of energy. We don't know why we get mad when we're mad. And, you know, we just, we got that shit. We don't know. Building on top of that, our thoughts, every thought that we have is a vibration that sends out. Like we're just antennas of, of energy and vibrations that just go out into the universe. And if people are in touch enough, you can just you can pull them out of thin air, basically. This you know, is my so fear. In, in many ways, well, the good news is for that to quell to quell that fear of yours is that so many people are turned off that they're not aware enough to pick up on anything anyway. You know, and with technology and all of the five G waves that we're being blasted with and all the cell towers and everything else that's going on, the radiation, you know, these this sensitivity that human beings are naturally gifted with since, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years since we came into being, whenever that was. This is an ability that we have that's just been dulled over the centuries to what it is now where many people are just driving around asleep at the wheel, you know? And so on that note of, Hey, you thinking about somebody, you know, and then all of a sudden they call you. I just went on a tangent. Henry's a little stone. Have you, have you guys seen stone? Rico, you smoke, you guys guys consume cannabis. uh, In in Holland we have, but yeah, Dr. Strange is the shit. It's the shit character, but I didn't see the movie. It's the shit, bro. Mike, you got to watch the movie. Yeah, you love it, bro. You got, you got to watch it. It, uh, It's, it's kind of tying into this. It's it's that fear. Cause he goes into, after he's a medical doctor and then he crushes his hands. Yeah. And then he goes seeking for, uh, searching for purpose, I, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. And uh, actually, he, w- he actually was searching for being selfish, wanted to get his hands back so he can go back to operating. Yeah. That was his life. Because he, he wanted, was like a master neurosurgeon yeah, or something. A rock star. Yeah. But then he gets over to, uh, where was it, somewhere in Nepal or, so, or somewhere? Yeah. Where she, and he finds this, um, the lady who. The temple. Yeah, the temple. Temple, yeah. Yeah, and they just kind of pull him into this. And it just, the way that they 
the, the sheet they work, the energies, the, the very dimensions, the different, very toad. And this is what scares me is if there's really energy out there like that, if there's really power like there that. There is, bro. That's and, you. Yeah, and that, that, that right there is mind-blowing. Yeah, but don't you have the feeling like the feeling I have is like I, I give a lot of presentations and I'm telling the story and then at a certain point there, there comes a picture and where you see – me sitting after the first time I became champion with the belt like this. And I always say, say after this picture was made, I could have dropped dead and it wouldn't have mattered. Mm. Because I've done what I've been put on this earth for to do. And that was becoming kickboxing world champion because that was my my, that's just a platform for you to do yeah 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 but that was (laughs) but that was that was like my that's my 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 vision of of how i approach things it's like there's this i'm walking on a path but the path is already is already there you know it's already i'm walking it but it's it's already certain what's going to happen and where are you going to go next prime minister man yeah, you don't know. Yeah. So, so I have a question, Mike. I have a question on the on, on the toad. The experience that when you have the toad, what it feels like. But don't you feel like the adversity that you've lived here on Earth has kind of given you that purpose, right? You know what I mean? Like it's almost like you've gone through a lot, Mike, and you've learned through a lot. You yeah. you've fallen, you have gotten up. You you don't think. I mean, w- what other than than that could you say that the toad gives you, right? Don't we all r- recognize our flaws? Don't no, we all recognize? This is um, just like all of us. We all had our test. God gives us our test. They really show how strong we really are. Tests that we don't even know. Maybe losing our parents at a young age, or maybe losing somebody that affected our family, or did something, or somebody with a rush. Just whatever it may have been, so it may have affected us. It may have been fucking us for. You know what I mean? A matter of years, you know, and that's what it really comes to going, overcoming the adversity in life. You know, some people get shot. I know people get shot in the head. It's what happens when you deal with that adversity. What are you gonna do? You gonna let you gonna lay down for it, or you gonna keep fighting it? And that's what life's about: fighting adversity and overcoming adversity, and seeing what kind of person are you gonna be bitter and mean because life wasn't kind to you. Or you figured it wasn't kind to you? Or you going to say, fuck that and live life to its fullest means and be happy? Man, I, uh, I, I, you know, it's oh, like a slap dunk. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I'm blessed. I, I'm, I'm blessed because I think it all the time. I'm blessed to how, just how many people I'm connected to in some way, shape, form, or fashion. How just that the connections that I've have in this world. And I, I just know it. Like it's something bigger that I that that's in store for me to do, because like I'm connected to this guy. This guy is you were born in where? Ne- the Netherlands. Netherlands. I was born in, in Ubiana, Nigeria. I'm a village. Like I'm a little boy, but look where I'm at. I'm connected to this guy because I ran into him. I've known him for years. Years ago. Wow. Yeah, I ran into him for years. I'm connected to this guy. Where, where were you born, Henry? California, California, here. just uh, Olympic champion, two time, two division world champion. Like yeah. I, I was connected to this guy. I've known him for years. Yeah, through this journey of life, I'm connected to you, Mike. Yeah. I had to grow. I grew up watching you. I grew up learning and hearing and seeing about you. To where, like do this you, connection. Do you think this is all because of your hard work? No, no, oh, and that's right that's now. the yeah. purpose. That's the, my fears. <laughs> this is just um, the divine putting us in the proper perspective. 
And we're all here for a reason. We don't know the reason, but we're here for that reason. Maybe we're supposed to decipher that, but we're all here for a reason. This is not by accident. You know, our life was just a big surprise, but it was spectacular. Can you imagine what death is going to be like? Do you imagine God made all this beautiful stuff, made us to feel this way, and you're just going to black it out and get rid of it? Do you think that's really going to happen? The energy that we feel, that we have when we talk, when we're thinking, sitting right now thinking, you think that's just going to just go blank and don't exist no more once we this body's dead? I don't know, but do you think that? That's going to be over that energy that we have right now. That's making you think. They're making all of us think right now. You think that's going to die? That's just going to be over when the body dies? I don't know. I just can't imagine that. The toad didn't. The toad didn't. Uh, the, the, you never. The, did you think of afterlife with the toad when you had the toad? Well, when, when I listen, when you take the toad, the toad is the closest thing to death. It's the only thing I knew about death, and I was comfortable with that. That was pretty awesome. We're all afraid of death, but death is um, death has to be glorious. How could death be glorious if life was was glorious? No, how could that be bad? Death would have to be just as good as life because they're both spectacular. I want to I, I want to do something, man. Because as, as you guys as you guys hear Mike talk, dude, I want to hear more of him. Do you guys have you guys guilt? Let, yeah. Let's give Mike, Mike a deep uh, question. Uh, uh, a deep tying qu- into question. that, tying into what you were just saying. Uh, Let's give Uncle uh, Mike a deep question, man. uh, Tying into what you were saying is why is it that when when people pass, and I I do this, and I've done this a lot because I I, I do have faith. And when someone passes, of, of someone that I know, like their mom passes, and I always tell them and just to console them, and I let them know like, hey, don't cry or don't don't be sad. They're in a better place. They don't hurt anymore. They don't feel the pain that we feel here anymore. They've passed on to a better place. But deep down inside, I've always questioned, do I really feel that? Do I really believe that? Because what's going to happen when I'm put in that place, in that situation? And you told me that, you know, obviously you're doing the toad has been the closest that you felt to that. Like how and you've lost, you've experienced loss. How is that different now than years and years ago before you've done the toad? Well, no. Um, I don't know what I believed before I did the toad. And most of the things I believed before the toad, I really didn't believe. And then once I did the toad, I knew there's a possibility that there's something greater than myself. It has to be because I realized that I'm not nothing, you know, because I can't save someone I love from dying. People think the greatest, this, the greatest, the greatest what? Somebody I love and care about is dying. I can't save them. You know, and, and so I realized this has to be something bigger. And I want to believe, um, after you just told once I, once I die, I'll be able to see them again and meet them again. But that wasn't the reality when I took the toe. When I took the toe, it was just all about me. Everything I ever loved and thought about and never cared about was not even in my mind. I never thought about it. It non-existed. So I never saw no happy face and never got reacquainted with any ancestors or people that were dead that I loved. It was just all about um, dealing with me and whatever I had to deal with within myself. I don't think God deals with us as a group like we do in church or mosque or anything. I think it's a one-on-one deal. <laughs> After doing the toll, yeah, I think it's one-on-one. Do you think this doing the doing the toll made you uh, made you a better person or a different person or your perspective on, on yourself? It made me totally sub- self-conscious of myself. You know what I mean? My my, my past flaws and stuff. 
Yeah, so for the, the why you're doing those, yeah, those are the things I had to make to reach the level that I am now. Yeah. You know, everything make, makes more sense yeah, now. Everything makes a lot of sense now. And now it's up to me to make the, to, to continue on this ride to fuck it up. Uh, I'm high. I think we got to start a new show. <laughs> that should be... mystic talking. The people talking about afterlife. We got to get some of those people on this show. Yeah, Sadhguru. Yeah. Get him on. Who else? Tony's into it. Yeah, we gotta talk about it. That's some wonderful stuff, you know, they're thinking about as we get older. So y'all gotta see but as we get older, as I get older, I wonder like, wow, I won't be here another fifty years. What the hell's gonna go on? What's happening? When, what, I remember those other fighters before me, how did they think of thinking themselves not being in this world? How could they think of this world without them being in there? Well can we be? You know, because we've been here so long, so how can we think of being anywhere else? Unless we have to reprogram our mind to deal with where we're going to go after we leave here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, w- I want to ask this because this is something that I, I frequently battle with in my mind is is we feel that there was a time where I, I've, I, as a kid, I remember when I was like sixth grade. And I was just always like, man, I can't wait to be 18 because now yeah. I get to buy cigarettes. Wow, yeah. I get to, I get to buy cigarettes. I can't wait to be 21. I didn't even care about alcohol, but it was, I get to do that. I get to buy alcohol. So I just remember the feeling of feeling like a kid, always felt like a kid. And then 18 came and went, 21 came and went. And now I know that there's certain things that I can't do as, like, as yourself, Mike, are you able to look outside yourself and, and maybe be a little envious or a little jealous of yourself that because I hear some guys, you know, former athletes, champions look at themselves now. I'm like, man, because they're older. They're, they're like, man, you know how tight I was at 21? You know how, how tight I was? And I'm 32 now. I don't feel I don't see that. I still feel like a kid. It's good. You know, like in my head, I still feel like a kid. I didn't know. I don't I didn't notice that I'm no longer 12 anymore. I know I'm not 18. I'm not 21. I'm not 24. I'm 32. I didn't, I don't feel that time. Like, do you ever, Mike, outside, kind of like look into your body and just be like, man, envious of, I was 22. I was 23. One no, time. I look at myself and say, wow, these kids are smart kids and stuff. I couldn't handle all that energy, all that stuff I had. Yeah, it was explosive, tearing me apart. I had to be involved with something. Yeah, Mike, the the feeling you have now, the person you are today what would that person tell Mike Tyson the young Mike Tyson what would he tell him how would he advise him to to what's coming even though the the, the the path would be the same and do you think the young Mike Tyson would take it and listen oh I would tell him just listen whatever you do just start by the start now and he might have mercy on you get on your knees and start praying do you think the young Mike Tyson would listen No way. So it wouldn't have mattered. You're gonna listen. You're gonna listen eventually. Guess that's why they say you live and you learn, right? Mm. That's why I think, like I said, you know, there's there's a path, and we just walk in the path, but the path's already there, yeah. and everything happens on that path. We meet people, and that's why I always say, hey, I try to surround myself with people with positive energy, and everybody, like we, we were talking about, everybody gives out a certain type of energy and certain energy you just feel you're on the same level and some energy just just doesn't work if, you, if you're not loving anything greater than yourself you ain't living you ain't living 
That's about getting to know yourself. And if you um, live whatever length of life you live and don't get to know yourself, it was a wasted life. So you think you know yourself the best now than... Than I've uh, ever known before at this stage of my life, yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel, young fighters, young champions, being with Mike, a guy you no, looked up they, to? They don't understand. They, they're capable of doing whatever they want, you know. Of course. Like I was saying fighting is like a spirit and stuff. And it's not necessarily the style of fighting, but the morality behind the style. Mm. You know what I mean? The determination, the willpower, the, you know what I mean? The dedication to give your total life to this whole um, science of fighting and stuff like that. Mm. And stuff, and it's very special. It's been special since the beginning of time, since the first two people ever did it. And it's not going to ever go away. If anything, they, they, they make more arts of fighting. You know, this is the oldest, this is probably one of the first things any humans ever did was fight. You know? I don't care who, who you are, where you are, it's like you're, you're in a room and there's a, a lion like sitting in the corner. And you come in and, and you, you, that's the presence that I feel like I'm in. There, there's lions, like there, there's, there's, there's big, big, majestic animals, like just beings in the corner. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what's going on. Listen, they, they, that's I, awesome. I, I get drawn here. There's all this, this energy. It just, I, I feel it. I used to say to my trainer, right, I used to read about old fights of God. How could anybody beat him? He had losses on him. Like he was an animal. How could anybody beat him? And then my trainer comes on and said, there's some certain people that can handle animals. You know? And then that was, that's true. You know what I mean? Interesting. There's certain people. They may not be flashy fighters or they may not be um, charismatic fighters. People, wow, that was great. But for some reason, they always beat the badasses. Yeah, they you know, know how I mean? to handle that. It's always those kind of guys. They can handle those badasses. Yeah. The smart, very basic fighter has the basic techniques. They just know all the rules to the T. Experienced fighter. That happens in team sports as well. Like in the NFL, yeah. certain teams know how to play against the Patriots and always kick their ass. All the Patriots are just kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> Triple C over here in the corner. Triple C. How are you feeling? Imagine Triple back C. in ancient times hey. like, when they had the the, the, the Punic Wars back then, when they were saying like Achilles, and they were going to my fighter to challenge your fighter, yeah. and the winner controls the whole country. Yeah. That's how shit was settled That's how back. It was settled back then. My back man against your man. Oh, <laughs> no. Fuck, bro. <laughs> it had to be to the death because yeah. you lost, man. They were going to kill you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked up. Nah, you don't come back. You don't come back. Nah, you, That's you like in, right there. in fucking Troy. Yeah. With Brad Pitt as yeah. uh, Achilles. Achilles. Yeah. He's like chilling in the tent with the two chicks. And they're like, Achilles, man, we, you gotta go. we, we need, need you, you bro. <laughs> yeah. He's like, come and on. he's like, fuck. And he just grabs his sword and walks out there. Now, now what pre- What kind of pressure? What did you think Achilles felt, the pressure that he felt? It's crazy. He felt there's no one to beat me. I'm a god. How can anybody dare dream to match me? Yeah, that that's kind of what the movie portrayed. It. That, that, that's what I got from that. Yeah. Yeah. His supreme confidence. You know, people, even some guy entertainers, fighters, too. Sometimes their confidence and their ego, you know, it blurs the line of fucking delusional, magnomania, madman, fucking insanity. Mm, yeah. But is that, my, is that the mentality that we have to have at the time? Yes. We have to have. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I I I will say I, I didn't I was I was skeptical about about saying this because this is one thing that I I I do say to this it. day when I when I walk towards that cage is and I um there was things that I used to do before competing all through wrestling but once I started fighting and I and I my mind went to the point where I started thinking of myself in that way to become champion oh yeah I watch I watched your uh, undispu- uh, uh, the documentary, and when you broke down your walk, and I started thinking that I do, I do that now. Is when I walk, I'll da- I'm dancing, but I'm dancing because that walk. I know it's nervous, and that wa- it takes me dancing. That's the, the most one of the biggest, best things that I do. To, it takes me away from nervousness, everything. So I dance, but while I'm dancing, I'm talking to myself, and I get closer. And I do. That is one thing that I do say to myself is supreme confidence. No one can beat me in here. No, have to always have the supreme confidence. You know, some some of these. Um, what was he? He was like a Persian general. Was it? Who was he? Xerxes. One thing he's in a battle. Something's not going wrong. Every time he loses, he can't imagine losing. Every time he loses, the only reason I lose is because God is jealous. God is jealous because I'm getting so close to him. Do you notice God? He never mess. He, he never. He never mess with the ants or the bugs. He always strike. He always strike the biggest tree or the biggest animal. He's getting jealous. That I'm getting close to his lofty perch. How could I dare lose? It's only because of God. He's jealous seeing I lose. They go that level. Wow. Yeah, that's what it is. Are you guys good to go? You got it. Yeah. I just have to run to the bathroom. I mean, Go we can ahead. keep it going. Go listen, 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 Emmy. I'll be right back. Emmy's <laughs> high in the kite. Emmy's <laughs> <laughs> flying. It's all that smoky blue in here. <laughs> hey, what fight did you walk into most confidently? Some food for thought. You yes. guys discuss. Henry, you want to Henry? What about Demetrius? You uh, attack that. Confident in that fight. How come you guys give me this mic, dude? Like it's how come you guys feeding me the mic you can like do that? Do it, dude. <laughs> we want. I want to hear. I want to hear what fight. What fight was it? What fight? What fight? What do you mean? What fight for Mike that you enter more confident? You, fight. Your, your fight. fight. Yeah, we're all going to talk about our fight. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd have to say the uh, I'd have to say with TJ Dillashaw. Oh man, I was very very confident on that fight. Just the simple fact that I, I've always I've always had a desire to fight him, and uh, you know he's he's a he's a great fighter man. He's a great fighter. I think that's what uh, kind of drove me, a, a, made me more confident because I knew he was going to bring the best out of me. Is fighting like a high level fighter like that, but I felt confident because of it. It took me to a whole nother level of mindset. Yeah, so, I can dig it. Yeah, and that was that was against that was against uh, against TJ. Even though he was probably the the better of the of the of them all. Yeah, uh, for me, I would say uh, it was a guy fought uh, Sergio Marias, and he it was kind of a brawler, but he was uh, also one of like the most decorated jujitsu guys in in the sport. I mean, he has victories over Crown Grace. He was like the last guys to, like be. Like he's just like a three-time jiu-jitsu world champion or something like that. But, I mean, I knew he had holes. And the reason I was confident in this fight was because I trained differently. Because this guy was offered to me a couple fights ago. And I turned the fight down. I said, no, I didn't want to fight that fight because I didn't really. 
I thought that I was better than than that guy because they they had promised me something before it didn't work out. But I was, I said I, I turned the fight down, and then I got a uh, I got in trouble. I got an extended my contract, and then the fight came up again two three fights later. And I just remember I trained so differently for that fight because I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like. I'm going to prove to them. There's a reason they tried to give me this guy twice because I think they feel that this guy could derail me. He could take me down or submit me or, or, or knock me out or something. And I, I just remember I, I trained and my whole, the training camp, my mind was somewhere different to where even when I walked in there, I just, I watched the fight and I, I watched myself and I try to put myself in the pre- that presence of that feeling, the feelings that I had at that moment. And I just remember I was just confident. I that was the first time I said, you know what, I'm gonna hit you and you're gonna go to sleep. I don't care what happens, but I know my hands hurt worse are gonna hurt you worse than your hands are gonna hurt my hurt me. And that and I, I ended up getting the knockout in that fight. Yeah, I think for me it was with the 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 Badahari fight because it was I, I was a kickboxing champion for for some years then, but. I fought everybody, but I didn't fight that guy. And he was from the from Legend. the past, from yeah. the K1 days. He was the man. Rico fought and beat everybody, but he needs to fight this guy to be really legit. So um, I remember that was the biggest kickboxing fight there was at that moment. And it still is. And it's coming again. So I remember coming into the arena, so everybody went like, crazy and I just felt like this is this is my moment I've and and again like I said this is this is my vision but I've been walking on this path and this path has been prepping me for this moment right here and this is that's how confident I was stepping in that ring and the first round I just kept pressuring in he opened up my nose and I wasn't even bothered I wasn't even bothered. I was focused. I was like, this guy, left or right, doesn't matter. He's going to give up. He's going to break somewhere. And he did. So, and now, this December, we're going to do that fight once more. So, I can't wait. So, what was your That's fight? That's awesome, brother. <laughs> Man, I must have been Tyrell Biggs. It was this guy. He was the Olympic champion. He was the world amateur champion. And I was kind of jealous of him because I was boxing in the amateur days. And he was getting all the press and everything. And so, it was time to fight. I was champion. I was defending my title against him. And I was just at my best. I was just focused. I was just... I was just so relaxed, so calm. It was almost like that I transcended that. My, my mind, my spirit left my body. And I was watching myself fight him. Mm. You know, it was weird, and I was just—it was just a great fight. Went seven rounds, and uh, wow. I think I looked my best. Now I want to just tag onto that: is which fight would you say you had the the purest and the cleanest preparation for? I don't know. I always stayed training. I was a, yeah. a young kid. I was young. I never—I had fifteen fights in one year. I just always stayed active. Yeah. 15 fights. 15. That's crazy. Professional or amateur? Professional. You know what you got? You got two belts from two different weight divisions, right? Yeah. The hands your arms are simultaneous. That means right now, if you have to go down and lose five pounds, you have to fight a guy, then you got to put 10 more pounds on to get up and fight the next guy. That's almost like unheard of, man. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. It's like nobody that's a health specialist ever tell somebody to do something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, but that's the... That's what we do. That's what comes yeah. with success, man. That's what comes with winning two belts. Be you got bad. two divisions after you. Like people, I tell my wife, because I lost around 40 pounds. You know, you got to... There's a different mindset. You have to be almost like an animal. You have to sacrifice so much. You know what yeah. I mean? Almost like starve yourself. Yeah. And what... Uh, just curiosity. What weight division do you feel most comfortable? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> Whoever paid the most. Like, 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 hey, I can eat I as much as possible. Because for me... No, I, pre I prefer upper weight. I prefer, yeah, yeah? It, it, it's a lot better. Dude. I don't got to cut my balls off. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty simple to ask. I mean, that's pretty simple to answer. But it, you also heard another division. I don't know. But for, for me, what, what, what works is like I'm a heavyweight, but I always drop a little bit before if I, I get on a diet and that... That makes me feel better, but not uh, better in the way of uh, I feel stronger or something, but better in, in the sharpness. Yeah, more. No, sh it gets me sharper because it's another thing I'm adding to uh, to and, and uh, for me in my head as an advantage to to my opponent. Like, hey, I'm focused, and this gets me even more focused. But I don't know. If that if that works for you, because you guys have to go really deep. I don't have to go deep. I just do it for for me, for the focus. How does that? You want to get that? You want to get that? No, you're uh, no, you're right. Because uh, I, I have I have moved up a weight. I have I wrestled at, at uh, um, one sixty five, and then when I was in college, and then went up to seventy four. And yeah, it, it's uh, at some point, yeah, it, you do feel. When you're not cutting weight, a lot of people they they feel that instant gratification, instant joy. They're like, "Oh yeah, one less thing to worry about. I can eat now." So it takes the focus away from the goal, which is normally with the diet. Make sure my diet's on point because in order for me to compete at my best, I have to make the weight. In order for me to even compete, I need to make the weight. So I I, I gotta make sure everything's in point. So that focus. Now you take that out. Some people get lost. Yeah, some people get lost with it, but I, I I completely agree with you, and and that's something that that Francis Ngannou is doing now a little bit too. He's he's more caught when he fought for the title. He was just like he just wanted to be big. He said he just wanted to be big and, and just want to be the biggest guy in there. But it cost him after the fight. He said he felt that he was too big, he was too slow, too sluggish. So now he he's cautious of around what weight he goes into the fight at because he feels sharper, he feels strong. And just just quicker and smarter in there, and and I completely agree with that. You know, all the ancient gladiators they check their bones when they died. You know, um, mm. and then most of them was like vegans and vegetarians. They didn't eat much meat, if any. Really? Yeah. So, Mike, you're gonna turn me into a vegan now. I think I think that us eating animals is just not what's going on. That's just not natural. That's why we get all these diseases, yeah. cancer. All these fucking um, gouts and stuff. You know, milk is like, you know, cow milk is like, you know, pus. That's like yeah. Pus. yeah, it's mucus. Yeah. Mike has slowly but surely been convincing me that I need to be a, at least a vegetarian. But do you think it's do you think it's it's meat or do you think it's the chemicals in the meat. I think it's the chemicals in the meat, and I don't think I think the meat is really bad to eat as well. I think you are what you eat. It's a transfer of energy. Yeah, yeah. but animal. Okay, so so, so how, well, and this I guess is the problem animals, with animals. So, so yeah. 
the way that animal foods are processed and you know created is first of all they have to kill these animals right and how do you do that on an industrial scale the easiest way possible and it's done horribly It's, it's disgusting you know the way they treat the animals and so you know animals if you're like me you believe that animals are conscious beings just like us they feel emotions and feelings and you know the truth is is that when these animals are being killed all of those fear hormones are just flooding their system and it's going into their tissues that we then eat and consume and you're you know you're taking on that energy first of all and second of all you know spiritually physically i mean i think that there's a lot to be said about consuming as many plant-based foods as you can you know from a health perspective and a spiritual and moral perspective as well you know i've always been a guy of eating a shitload of meat yeah you know and ta- being with mike has started to shift that you know i'm eating much less red meat yeah, see he's still young but imagine at my age you start eating that you can't shit right it's hard to shit yeah it's it's you know much mean? yeah Shits are much better when you eat more veggies, you know? You enjoy them even more. They're just much simpler, you know? If you can't shit, fuck. Why is it it that Usman passed me the mic? Why is it? Why is it that Usman passed me the mic when you guys started talking about shit? He wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get out! You got something to say about shitting, bro? That's, that's real talk. Why you want to share you, the mic? When you get old, when you get older, you gonna realize taking a good shit is better than a good hump. Damn. A, a good dump Damn. is better well, than a good hump. Well, if you can hump. take a good shit and get your dick hard, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's two gotta good be quoted, yeah. big you know what you I guys, mean? Can you repeat that? <laughs> take a shit. Yeah. Taking a good shit. Taking a good dump is better than a good hump. Damn. Yeah. Okay. We should I make shirts. Right. If you can't shit, you're really <laughs> fucked yeah. up. Man, you can't shit. Man, didn't Elvis? Who passed away in the shitter? Fucking Elvis, dude. Was it really fuck. Really? Is that true story? Uh, yeah, that's true. Really? Um, let's get <laughs> yeah, some lunch, yeah, guys. Yeah. Let's get, get some lunch. Yeah. Hey. Thank you guys so much. This has been a blast. Henry, good oh, luck tonight. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. But will I get it? But will Rico, I get it? You're the man, dude. Thanks, bro. My brother from another mother. <laughs> Look at us. We could be Out of here, guys. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right. Thank, Thank you, you so much for, for watching us. and listening. Till next time, I'm out of here. One. This episode of Hot Boxing is brought to you by ShipStation. Get your 60-day free trial at ShipStation.com right now with promo code HOTBOXING. 